the the tools that we're using to create new things now heavily revolve around AI. What we end up with is a series of services that are in fact automating what we do. Yeah. Welcome to the last episode of the first season of Designing the Robot Revolution, where me, Jacob Magnell, and my co-host David Griffith-Jones will summarize what we've learned so far and talk a little bit about the future for the podcast. And as always, enjoy. Why robots? Why are we so... Why, why, why is this something we've dug into? I'm excited about what the future is going to be when we have more automation and more robotics. Um, and it's a significant change that's going on. Um, and it seems like it's a really exciting time because the technology has developed a lot. And also data. Yeah. We've been talking extensively about data. We have an whole, a whole episode dedicated to data. Yeah. Data is getting to a place where we can actually manage it better. Uh, machine learning is getting to a point where it's actually being useful, very useful many applications and i think uh yeah i totally agree with you it's it's a transformative time we're we're, we're seeing like incredible changes to how we're probably going to operate moving forward and i i believe that by doing this podcast you and i are understanding automation better and we're also thinking actively on how it needs to be designed in order to actually benefit people because uh, that's one of my worries is that we create automation that really doesn't help us uh, because we don't do it correctly um, but it's yeah it's a really fascinating time yeah I think that that's the flip side to the ex excitement for what what it, I believe it's going to be in the in the near and long term future it's also the potential for it to be awful for humans and and the sense of what it does to the way we live lives and kind of unintended consequences as much as kind of by um awful by that's design. a really good way to put it mm. the un unintended consequences yeah um i think like so what have we learned through doing our first season um let's start with automation in general like new things that you've understood or realized there was i mean there was i mean two two episodes come to mind where i had no background knowledge um other than maybe having read a kind of interesting article here or there about for example robo journalism and autonomous ships those were two areas i had very little knowledge of what was going on in terms of automation in those industries and through those episodes i learned entirely from a foundation level to actually having quite an interesting grasp on what what is being done right now in in mm. robo journalism and autonomous ships but also what's likely to happen over the next 5 10 20 years in those areas so specifically learning about automation in entirely new fields for me i mean it's the same here specifically i think autonomous ships like just exploring that kind of a narrow niche topic 
super interesting and engaging. Uh, but that one really got me to think about systems thinking and how important that is in order to like do automation well yeah. when it comes to bigger bigger systems uh, and and having a delineated set of circumstances and and making sure that you understand the system as well as you can um that's really stood out to me as one of the themes for for doing automation successfully uh, is understanding the system we had a hypothesis that there are um factors trends characteristics of automation initiatives or automation progress that are consistent across diverse industries and mm. that is that hypothesis has been confirmed for me now and that I think holds that, true yeah th th that's why i'm now so excited in season two to be going and looking at an even wider array of different industries to see what are the things we can learn from on the surface completely different in, in environment or industry but it's the same same challenges same ways of working um that can are consistent in, in different industries uh, absolutely and i think thinking back to when we have been able to speak to people uh that are actually inside of these industries and and doing things it's it's fascinating also the the topics come back mm. it's it's about ethics it's about how don't we how do we do it so that we create more value but not necessarily by eliminating people mm. but strengthening the, the the cooperation between automation and humans uh it seems to be a, a recurring topic yeah also when you look back uh when when automation has occurred in hist throughout history our place in in society has sort of shifted and so far in my mind almost always for the better like looking back at automation in agriculture um that led to people moving into the cities and working more with administration and factory work but that also enabled us to have more food and sustain a bigger population so there's almost every bigger shift throughout the modern world has been a comp like triggered by automation which is just makes the topic so alive for me mm. i've really when, when i when i talk talk and read about the these topics i get a sense that we're gonna we're in the middle of the, probably the biggest transformation that has ever occurred, which is kind of mind-blowing. It's that, it's that hockey stick curve that we see all of the graphs at the moment, the rate of change. Mm. And that's really, I feel like we're in that hockey stick rapid ch uh, rate of change in, um, in, in this area. Um, and it's affecting, um, if you look at some of the other episodes, I think, you know, mentioned the autonomous ships and uh, ro robo-journalism as two industries I, I didn't have so much um, specific knowledge about. If you look at two other in, uh, episodes that stand out were um, the interview with um, Carl, the innovation manager, yeah. and Katerina um, as an organizational change um, thought leader. 
and really understanding it in a deeper way from their perspective. I mean, I've worked with innovation managers and organizational change thought leaders mm. before, but to really see it from their perspective, again, what, what are the shared, um, I guess, ways of working, really? What are the shared ways of yeah. working that these different roles see? Because they're working in quite different contexts. Yeah. Um, and often when you speak, when, 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 when speaking to someone who has that particular perspective, say of someone involved in organizational change or that perspective mm. of an innovation manager who, with years and years of experience in this field, it isn't so much that they're maybe telling you something that you were completely unaware of before, but the way they're describing it has, has then, um, stayed with me since that interview and i've seen yep. the things they've described come up again and again so it's made me alert to their perspective and it, there's a real yeah i think you're right us applying these thoughts within service design is a really effective way of, of sort of getting ahead a little bit uh for both us and and the work that we do it's it's a really effective way of 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 getting forward i sort of want to I would like to go off on a uh, just a tangent because AI has been a recurring theme yeah. throughout this as well. And I think my my thinking around AI and what it is and what it does has really changed. Um cuz AI is a set of tools, machine learning, I think we all can agree we've heard much about and it's it's kind of difficult to get your head around what AI kind of is. But throughout talking to to our guests in the podcast, I've really come to sort of a, a conclusion of sorts around what AI is and what it does for us. The, the tools that we're using to create new things now heavily revolve around AI. What we end up with is a series of services that are in fact automating what we do. Yeah. We've seen examples now of art to an extent being automated by Dolly. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing shipping being automated. Certain aspects of journalism is being automated through AI, through machine learning. And it's in many ways, the biggest big driver of, uh, of change. But I don't think that AI necessarily is the core. It's not the conclusion of the work. It's rather a tool. I can see other things that I really want to explore going forward. Uh, one of them, actually, and I've been very skeptical to the whole phenomena of cryptocurrency. But I read an article about cryptocurrency and I realized that it's actually about automating trust. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with AI, but it's a, a, a very new technology. And I'm looking forward to finding all these examples, mm. like things that will automate away stuff that we don't want to do or that will improve our lives. Uh, and I'm really excited to look into this and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to season two. That being said, what are you excited about? 
looking into? Like a specific thing that you want to talk about in season two? Uh, so um, what, I think what's going to be the, the, the aim with season two is um, to be more speaking to experts in different fields. So we're going to be more going out and, and, and interviewing people. We're still going to have parts where we're reflecting on what it means for uh, designers and some episodes where it's us maybe just going through a, a particular thing that's come up in our world. But I, I, I'm looking forward to going out and speaking to um, experts in different fields and learning from them, learning about what automation is happening in that field. And some of the areas that we've got lined up are around what's going on in terms of automation, robotics, AI in the construction industry, what's going on in um, healthcare, logistics, um, space. So there's all these different industries where I, I haven't worked before and I've been doing some initial research and I can see I was reading just this weekend, actually, about um, automation and AI in architecture. Mm. And so it, it, it seems like there's many, many different fields where the, the experts, people working in that field, are really excited about what's happening in terms of automation and AI. And so I'm really curious. I mean, when you look, yeah. I'm sorry, but when, I mean, when you look into it, uh, I, I'm, I, I would challenge anyone to come up with a field that is active and isn't transformed by AI mm. and automation. I mean, construction. I saw, I saw, um, I don't know if it was concept sketches. No, I actually think that it was prototypes of like asphalt laying machines, mm. like small autonomous units that just went out and they paved the road. Uh, I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> and it, and it's, and it's this multi-layered um change because it on that on that narrow level it it, it, it individually it changes workflows say it, it changes the way a specific thing that is done today is, is done tomorrow so it changes it on that level but by that change happening it has knock-on change effects to the whole system where those changes are happening and then knock-on effects for the experience of people interacting with those services, whether that's citizens or consumers. Mm. And so it, I'm really looking forward to kind of specifically going and finding out what, what is the cutting-edge automation change in these diverse industries? What implications does that have for the ecosystem and system that these individual industries are, are coming into? And, and therefore, what impact does that have on us as consumers um, and citizens? as well as then um, further digging into an understanding amongst these diverse industries, what, what learnings can we take that apply whatever automation or AI initiative you're working in? Um, so, I mean, that, I'm just super excited about um, yeah. the conversations we've got lined up. Um, I also want to address my worries is the thing that I want to do moving forward. I want to look into industries where I'm, my my gut feeling is that automation and a like is is bad. That it's actually a dark side of automation and AI. I want to understand more about autonomous weaponry. I want to understand more about autonomous surveillance drones. Yeah. I want to understand 
all of these things that to me is terrifying, like face recognition and a surveillance camera in London. That's scary mm. stuff. Like that is really scary. But uh, I need to understand it. And I, I believe that everyone, uh, specifically people working in design, but everyone needs to understand what's actually going on. And there are positive benefits to autonomous weapons. I'm, I'm sure of that for, for humanity and for everyone, but it seems like a really great threat as well. So how do we navigate that? How do we make sure that we have regulation how do we make sure that we have ethic standards that make sure that we don't like invent Skynet? Yeah. And there's a range of fears, isn't it? I mean, you pick up on a couple of good ones there with surveillance and, and weapons. And the first, I, I share the same thing, kind of trepidation, fear that this is something sinister, but it's I, there's a lack of knowledge. So I want to go and speak to people, find out what the state of play really is is it actually something to be fearful of if there are things to be fearful of what what can we as society do about it as you say with regulation um with and design don't forget design and design exactly um and and share share the the experts share the knowledge of that because one of the biggest dangers is that we have um small numbers of people off doing things and so the more awareness you can bring to a topic are, are you suggesting facebook didn't really pan out the way we thought nothing pans out the way <laughs> the way you think it will do does it um, no i think if we just wander blindly into this we're we're gonna regret it but if we open our eyes to it we do things with purpose and focus I think we're on a really good track. Yeah. I think it's going to be really good. And then uh, another kind of separate thread of enthusiasm for me is, I mean, from the, we've reflected more on a kind of societal general interest level. I am also really interested from a business perspective. What What is the low-hanging fruit of automation? or what? And what is the transformative automation? And by the way, it's important saying when we talk about automation, we're talking about, we're actually referencing automation, AI, robotics, but we under the umbrella of automation. Um, but what, what are the things that are going to be transformative for a business? What are the things that are going to be mainstream in two years, five years, 10, ten years that are, are going to be hygiene factors for a business just to stay competitive? As a side, as like a little side note to that, and I, I, we've been talking extensively about this, but how can we as designers do better? when talking about automation because the the lack of shared language between data scientists architects business architects and technical architects and designers i think is a real detriment i think designers and design have a real role to play that will bring business benefits and be benefits to the consumers and and users of, of this automation but if we can't communicate I think it's going to be more difficult, and I'm hoping that we can help. First, us, you, us and us, me and Jacob and David, we get better at talking to the other people that work on automation to make it as good as possible. But we might also be able to help our our listeners, and that's really exciting to me. Uh, if we can learn together, I think that's really powerful, and also 
sort of jumping on your your train of thought here. I'm really excited if we can get a hold of startups that are using automation to to create change, positive change. Because uh, I think that's it. It's going to be. There are already a plethora of things going on in the startup uh, world in terms of automation. I think it would be fun to at least have a couple of episodes where we get to speak to people that are in the forefront of creating new business cases for automation and uh, AI. And um, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to. And it's going to be really nice. I think it's and, and the enthusiasm for me is going at both ends of the scale. So speaking to really innovative startups who are at the beginning of a journey to transform an industry. And then the, the next week speaking to someone who's in a, uh, the main industrial player who, you know, the established big, mm. big organization. Again, what are the, what are the things that are consistent? What are the things that come up for both of them, but also how, how might they learn from each other? What can the um, big industrial uh, organizations learn from these small nimble startups and, and vice versa. And it comes down to communication understanding. I'm curious to know what's going on in, in academia. Yeah. What, what's like the base level research that's going on in the world? <laughs> I, I, would, I would assume that a lot of it is a secret, but that there is a, also tons of stuff that we can learn from just if we want to know what's going to happen in a couple of years. I think talking to academia and getting a little bit of a, a, a feel for what they are working on is going to be a, a good way to do that. Coming back to what, what did I learn from season one of the podcast mm. and that I want to take into season two is some of the best um, content that we ended up un uncovering was from suggestions from our audience. So people commenting on LinkedIn or approaching us with feedback on something they'd heard and suggestions. So I really want to take or that. Or something they want to talk about. Yeah. So I really want to take that into season two as well, that we, it, you know, we, we are engaging with the audience and kind of getting inspiration for topics from, yeah. from people because it's kind of learning together, as you say. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, that's the times when we've actually learned the most. Um, I'm, I'm hoping also that we can engage to get more feedback uh, from our listeners about the different things that we do and, and things that we're uh, uh, learning and more suggestions, as you say, more people, anyone that wants to talk about AI and automation, I think it's interesting to hear from, uh, to just get a, understand more. So we have concluded season one. You could say that this is the, the last episode of, of season one. And we're going to take a break over summer, a summer hiatus, if you will, um, where we will be working on the podcast, but we won't be releasing any episodes. And we're thinking that mid-autumn, we're going to start it all up again, and we're going to really focus in on having more guests, more interesting conversations, and learn more together. Um, what changes can we expect for the coming season? In terms of what you can expect as a listener to season two, we're going to be putting more effort and time into each episode. Um, we're going to be um, putting a lot of effort into trying to get really interesting guests with different perspectives along. 
there might also be more of a kind of documentary style episodes where we're perhaps speaking to different people, different voices around a topic. So whilst there will be interview episodes, there will also be episodes where we look at a particular theme and get different expert voices in that one episode. One thing that I'm looking forward to continue doing is the the, the episodes where we take a research paper and we go through it and we talk about it. What are the implications from a design perspective what are our thoughts on what we learned but we're gonna refocus we're gonna make sure that when we do those episodes they actually have to do with automation ai or robotics and we put the design lens on top of it uh, from ourselves that's what we bring to the table so that's one thing that i'm sort of excited to continue doing but modify and make sure that we the focus is understanding different concepts within ai automation and robotics season one was an experiment and we evolved what our mission and vision was for the podcast through doing season one mm. and what became clearer was why we're doing this and what the focus is and so season two is going to be starting from that position of having greater focus on what we're trying to do and that is unpacking the tools, methods, and trends, influencing the work of creating wonderful automation, robotics, and AI, good for business, people, and the planet. And we're going to discuss topics that come up when we're working on the front line of automation and also outreach when we don't know what's going on, speaking to experts in their field. So there'll be a, there's going to be a clearer boundaries and focus around what we're actually talking about in season two. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Like I, I love that vision. Um, just making sure that we understand the field of AI and automation enough to make a real difference as as designers and other professionals. Um, and I think it's a stark contrast in like our our vision when we recorded season one. I don't know if you remember, but it was more along the lines of, "Hey, David, we're talking a lot. Mm. Do you want to try and record it?" Yeah, <laughs> and we had the audacity to actually put it up online and i'm so excited about this experimentation that we have been doing and that we'll continue doing uh to see that we actually get some reach i think we actually have listeners we do and on the point we have listeners and we now what has really struck me from season one and, and engaging with the audience is that we have a really um wide array of listeners there there are designers and that's unsurprising. So service designers, UX designers, organizational designers. Um, so that is a, a key group of the audience. But we've also had people like en engineers, product managers, business developers, data scientists, innovation managers, innovation managers, kind of people working in information technology and operations technology, business architects who've been listening. So I think we, we're, we've become aware that our audience is actually maybe wider than what we thought it would be. And perhaps we were more focused on being a design podcast for the design community. But I think we've realized that actually these topics and the design perspective are interesting to, to non-designers who are maybe looking at how design can be part of their work. So that is also going to inform the, the kind of approach we take to season two. It's just lovely. It's so fun, especially when someone reaches out and gives us feedback uh we've gotten some wonderful feedback some people that have really made me happy and that makes it so valuable to, to just do this um 
So I would like to prototype uh, a segment with you, David. I'm ready. Uh, in this. I'm ready, Jacob. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Surprise Very me. good. What automation is the best? We're going to find the definitive answer throughout season two. The rules are not very clear. The structure is going to be less than strict. The, the rules that we do have is that with, without speaking to each other, me and David will prepare a automation case and we will argue that this one is the best and uh that's where we're gonna see and and the, the purpose of this is just to highlight what automation really is because thinking about automation that has already happened will give us some perspective of what actually happens with society when we do this automation so it's a fun little game we'll see where we end up with it the whole thing but i'm hoping that we can learn something along the way and um so david you've been thinking about this for several hours now <laughs> can you present your automation case i've struggled to there's it, it I came down to a short list but i'm gonna go for the one which on the daily basis i'm so grateful for and has transformed my relationships and that is the dishwasher. Fascinating. I'm grateful every single time I stack that dishwasher that it's going to take those dishes, make them clean, dry them for me, and just beep when it's ready for me to take them back out. I'd love it if it could also take them back out and replace them for me so I don't have to do the beginning part of the process, loading the dishwasher mm. and, de and stacking, unstacking the dishwasher. I'm ready for that to be automated too. But when you just compare how much easier it is now with the dishwasher, you just stick it in there, close the door, and it's done instead of the manual alternative of having to take things and wash them and dry them. And it, it, it's just, it has led to, uh, well, neater kitchens, but more, more on a kind of, it stops that whole, you know, I, I'm old enough or certainly had grandparents who, who never had dishwashers and have been in households where there, there aren't dishwashers. I mean, not to say it can't be some, sometimes a relaxing thing to do, looking out the window and, and um, doing washing and drying. But it's every single meal, it's like, who's doing the washing up? Well, I can tell you in my household, no one is doing the washing up because our little automated dishwasher machine is doing it for us. And I'm extremely grateful for how that has impacted my relationships. Okay, thank you. It's a very personal, very visceral description of uh, a tribute almost to the dishwasher. Unsurprisingly, we are extremely aligned. We I'm gonna so I'm gonna make the case that I don't believe that the dishwasher is actually the greatest uh, automation case throughout history, but rather the washing machine. The washing machine is the absolute pinnacle of civilization, I would say. It is actually the most transformative piece of equipment and that it provides the most transformative service of all. Think about how many hours it would take to have our clothes as clean as we have them today. Like, you take your clothes, you carry them in a basket to the nearest lake where you beat the crap out of them for like 20 minutes. More than 20 minutes. More than 20 minutes. And then you 
carry them back. And most of the time, if you're going to a lake to wash them, you're also going uphill back. It's a terrible exercise. Like that is horrendous. So we have that like just, okay, our clothes are so much cleaner. They smell so much better and it's much less hassle. Then we have the knock-on effects on that. I mean, to be honest, how many much production have we gotten out of our collective society from not having predominantly it was women that did the long, uh, the washing very heavy work it is a massive transformation for our society to have all this production capacity released from doing laundry and actually put out into the world and i am extremely grateful every day that i have clean clothes and i don't have to beat the crap out of my t-shirt just to get there um so that's my automation case and and here to 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 kind of and if we're going to give a bit of a comparison Mm -hmm. here i think that um one way to assess what's had the which of these is the best automation is which one is saving the most time Mm -hmm. and which one has had the most transformational effect on society and i'd have to say jacob that the clothes washing machine does save a lot more time than the dishwasher and has had a far more transformational impact on society in terms of what that's meant for freeing people up. So I'd have to concede and say, on that basis, yours is the washing machine is the more wonderful automation. But there's also a personal component to this. And if anyone has any inputs on this, I would love to see comments and reactions on our LinkedIn page for designing the robot revolution. Um, If the dishwasher, I I actually tend to agree. I think my case is obviously the better one. No, but but if um, more people comment that they like the dishwasher example better, than the washing machine. I'm willing to concede the the victory back to you, David. But I I do think that both of these are fantastic examples of automation uh, in our daily lives. And I'm thinking next time we will see if we get automation of the same sort when it's household equipment or if we get automation of some other sort and i'm really excited about it i think this is a neat little competition i'm looking forward to going on round two uh, in season two